It's Thursday the 11th of March. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, the footy is back, my friend. It's back and the voodoo continues for the Rabbits in Melbourne. It was a, it was some match. Something about as soon as they cross Aubrey Wodonga, they cannot win. I think it's now 15 matches straight that they've gone to Melbourne and lost. We'll talk more about that. And of course, your opportunity to win this fantastic Chris Gale sign bat through our podcast. All you need to do, we've made it really easy, is follow us on Twitter or Facebook and there'll be one lucky winner. We've got a huge show on the way. Rob Shahady, of course, he's one of Australia's great comedians. He's right into sport. He was a very good sportsman himself. We'll dig a bit deeper there. And John Stephenson, well, he's John Stephenson. Yeah, well, the Rugby League, the NRL is underway. The AFL starts proper next week. But, uh, yeah, Melbourne Storm, a lot were wondering how will they go without Cameron Smith. I think a little of that wonders out the window. Yep, they didn't miss him at all. And uh, it was an absolute first-half blitz by the Storm and absolute pace and um, and, and skill. And uh, they're very well coached by Bellamy. But, uh, yeah, Storm too good, 26 to 18 in the Rabbits. Yeah, they got out of the blocks beautifully, Melbourne, early. Mm. South came back into the game. So I wouldn't be discounting South Sydney. But Pappenhausen is a classic story of someone who always had ability. But uh, he, he, he was a little bit lost at the start of maybe the year before last where he was third or fourth choice fullback. And, and look at him now. Talk about just continuing to do what you know and it'll come off. He's one of the best players in the game. Yeah, mate, and you, you can't, there's no substitute for speed and you see that with Tedesco, with the Roosters and, um, yeah, Pappenhausen, real pace around the ruck and uh, the acceleration is unbelievable and it just creates so many opportunities for, for players outside him. Now, what's the best catch you ever took? Was it at Oak Flats in the backyard? Was it at Allen Border Oval flying to your right for Mossman? Was it playing for Australia at the Adelaide Oval or New South Wales at Bell Reeve Oval in Hobart? Tell me. Yeah, there were a few good ones, but uh, one... There's got to be one. There's got to be yeah, one that uh, One out. that sticks out in my mind was uh, was a one day at the SCG and um, McGrath bowling to, I think it was Ganguly, and I was at first slip and Gilly dived across in front of me, went for the catch and totally missed it and... I still managed to hang on to it, so that was a that was a memorable one. Because if I didn't catch it, I would have swallowed it. <laughs> yeah, you you were a great slipper, had really good hands, and the reason why I bring up the whole idea of catching balls. Cameron Green, I tell you what, mm. you want him tipping your horses at the moment. He just can't get anything wrong. Yeah, and for those who haven't seen it, just go on Google Cameron Green um, catch. And uh, it was a one-dayer. It looked like it was um, at the Wacker. And he was that sort of deep third man, slashing shot. And he ran. he's running away from the ball. And he took a full dive catch towards the boundary. And he slides. His hat falls over the, over the boundary rope, but uh, manages to stay inside the boundary. Brilliant catch. Yeah, I think the only decent catch I took it thumped me on the chest and the ball bounced back up into my hands. I, I dropped them left, right and centre. I'll tell you what, I could not catch a cold when I was playing cricket, but thankfully I went into another direction. All right, just finally, Cody Simpson. Uh, now, we interviewed his coach, Brett Hawke, on Afternoon Sport a number of months back, but uh, he's got on Instagram and, and showed off his uh, his rig. i tell you what, he's... Uh, I've seen more fat on a chip, to be honest with you. He's, he's, he looks sensational. <laughs> he does, mate. Who cares if he can swim or not with a, with a rig like that? Um, yeah, he looks good. But uh, look, if, if he's really serious about his swimming, which he is, I think, and uh, 
and he's even an Olympic hopeful, um, it's some career because he's, he's a serious musician as well. So good on him. Good to see a good yeah. Aussie boy having a good, good old-fashioned crack. Yeah, I tell you what, I wouldn't mind knowing the secret. It's, I, I think it's laying off a few of those donuts that I eat. Good on you, Shane. All right, let's get going. Afternoon Sport. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, he played Australian schoolboys in rugby union. Rob Shahady, one of our best comedians. I've been looking forward to this time ever since we began Afternoon Sport. Let's get the fully sick music going. Let's drum it up, ladies and gentlemen, because he's here. The unofficial mayor of Parramatta, Rob Shahady. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Yes, I just finished doing a burnout and I'm now here. (laughs) It's good to be on the show, guys. I've been hearing so much about this show. Hey Rob, Shane Lee here, mate. Um, did you watch the footy last night? I know you're a big eel supporter, but you uh, did you catch the storm trouncing the uh, the Rabbitohs, mate? Yeah, what a game! Um, I actually thought uh, Melbourne were going to run away with that, and um, I thought it was going to be like a 30, 40 point win. But um, maybe being the first game, the uh, the fitness wasn't there at one hundred percent, so they ran out of steam, and uh, yeah, it was good. South South came back. Good to see Benji Marshall. Um, mm. When he came on, it kind of it's it's it swung a bit, and uh, Souths came back, and uh, maybe it's him. Maybe he was the key uh, in the middle of the, of the field there. So it was good. Can you believe how long it took Cameron Smith to retire? Like, what an amazing player, a future immortal. But uh, tell you what, if you were if you were waiting for the announcement to happen, boy, oh boy. I know. I mean, I don't know. What's he waiting for? Was he hoping to get another <laughs> ring, or was he hoping to? Just before he retired, I don't know. He's just, uh, but he did it. It was the timing just before the NRL kickoff. I don't know. Maybe there was a business reason behind it. Uh, he's got a book coming out, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He released his book. Yep. Hey, Rob, how long do you think a uh, bronze statue will last out at Parramatta Park, there, mate? Before, oh, make sure. Yeah, I've been um, lobbying for one, uh, <laughs> trying to do one out at Bankwest Stadium. Don't know why I deserve one there, but um, I just think it'll look amazing next to Ray Price. Well, tell tell us about your status as the unofficial mayor of Parramatta. Yeah, I like to keep it as unofficial. That means I can get up to shit and I can do stuff and not get in <laughs> trouble. So. Um, as, as you know, politicians cop it, so I'd rather keep it as unofficial. But I've been in Parramatta all my life, been in the area. Uh, you know, I'm brought up in Oatlands, which is better known as Lebanese Vaucluse. And, <laughs> you know, so I've just taken on this tag because uh, most people, you know, in my position or you're on TV or they, they leave the area, you know. And, and I've stayed there. I've stayed loyal. It is now called the city of Parramatta, so let's get that right because <laughs> now I live in the city. Uh, I've got water views. I've got Toongabby Creek right near my house, so it's really good. <laughs> hey, um, Rob, what relation were you to uh, Sir Nicholas Shahady? Is it, there is a relationship there, isn't there? So he was uh, my father's cousin. So gotcha. Sir Nick and uh, Sir Nick's father and my dad's father were first cousins. So we're still blood. And, and I played rugby, so I do have the uh, Shahady blood in me when it comes to rugby union. Well, you That's played it. Australian schoolboys. You played under Australian under-19s, under-21s. You were right there, weren't you? Yeah, to be honest, didn't expect to uh, make Australian schoolboys. I didn't, you know, I was just a, a guy playing rugby at St. Pat's Strathfield and um, I started making some inroads and, and, and turning heads and, and next thing I'm, I'm in the Australian New South Wales squads and it was great. It was an amazing experience to uh, represent your country and and I was in the system and got all the way up to 21s and the next step would have been Waratahs and, uh, and Wallabies, but just... 
just had injuries and just wasn't my thing. And, you know, that one door closed, another door opened um, with, with the TV and I was still athletic because I wore track suits in the shows and ran from pops. <laughs> yeah, we've got a, uh, in the NRL now, we've got, we've got a Greek and a Lebanese guy running the show there now, mate. How, how's that going to go long term, you reckon? It's, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. <laughs> I can imagine the, uh, at, the, at the stadiums, you know, there's cash deals. So, if, you know. You pay for cash; it's cheaper. Call the cousins if there's a fight on the field. So there's a lot of little, lot of lot of advantages of that. So um, we'll see how it turns out. They're going good so far. Has, has your dad ever quite assimilated? My father. Well, my my dad played volleyball. My dad played volleyball for Australia and New South Wales. So he actually mm. was meant to go to the Olympics. Uh, I think it was Moscow, but they it got cancelled, and uh, so he missed that. He missed on that. So yeah, we're athletic in a way. Yeah, I love some of the stories you tell about his assimilation. They may be made up or not, but uh, they are some. They are some interesting ones. It's like he just came off the boat yesterday. My dad's accent, and um, you know, he worked. He worked in the city for forty years, and um, you think he'd have. Uh, his English would have improved talking to customers every day, but no, he even kicked out. He kicked out Alice Cooper out of his shop, and that's a true story. And he didn't know who Alice Cooper is, and he still doesn't know who Alice Cooper is. But he thought he was a bum the way he looked. He looked scrappy. He goes, no, he, he thought he was uh, no way this guy's going to pay money. So he told him to get out. So, uh, everyone else around him in the in the in Strand Arcade uh, ran in and said, "Ellie, did you know who that was?" And, no, he still doesn't know who Alice Cooper is. So. How would he have done it? Uh, uh, you come back next week, mate. Piss off. I'm too busy. Too busy. My dad was a bit. He had no. He had no, no price list. If you liked the look of you, like if you're, a, you know, you liked the look of you, it was fifteen dollars. If you didn't like you, it was forty five. So, and he was the only guy in Australia that could do what he did. He, he repaired um, le- leather goods and handbags and Louis Vuitton and Chanel. They sent all their work to my dad. So he was in a position where he can just ask for anything. Well, tonight you'll be peering out there on the Toon Gabby River, uh, watching the TV with Jaslyn and the boys. 8.05, it's on like Donkey Kong, the Broncos at home to your Parramatta Eels. Can they get off to a good start and can they finally get another premiership? I was a boy that used to go up to Cumberland Oval. I don't support any team now. I tried to stay out of it. But uh, I know Parramatta's history and it's been a long time between drinks. Yeah, it's been a very long time. Um, I'm giving Brad Arthur six weeks so hopefully uh, he's struggling. I mean, he's been there too long. I don't know. If, we haven't had any big purchases this year for the Eels, and it's really important that uh, Ferguson and Sivo step up this year. I mean, that's going to be the difference. Last year they were very quiet on the wings. It's very important that they, those two step up, and hopefully that will be the key to get us, I hope, to a grand final. But it's like rugby league right now. It's like tennis, you know. We, we've got our, we've got certain teams that are just above the rest. So we've got it's a bit like Federer and Nadal and Dokovic. We've got the Roosters and, you know, the Melbourne Storms and those teams are just that one step above. And, and, and uh, yeah, last year, Paris, everyone's like, oh, they're going to make the finals. But they just weren't in that league of Melbourne Storm and Roosters. So um, hopefully uh, it's our year, but we say it every year. Uh, it's a great club, great history, and you know. We... So Brad Arthur's got six weeks, mate. So if Paramount get off to a slow start, six weeks, what happens to his car in the car park out there? <laughs> yeah. So if you're looking for hubcaps, Shane, let me know. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not a threat, Brad Arthur. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> he's been there a while. He's been there a long time, and and Paramount has seemed to always just protect their coaches for so long and hold on to them. And um, you know, I, don't, I know that's not the answer to just a flicker coach, but mm. it hasn't been 
you know, the track record isn't, hasn't been the greatest. No. He has survived. He survived through a lot, and they've got to start getting some silverware because Parramatta fans only come in one form, and that is passionate. Rob Shahady, I know you are. Thanks for coming on Afternoon Sport, my friend. Thank you, guys. Love it. Take care. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, he could run like the wind and talk even faster. It's John Stephenson. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. He runs at the speed of light. He talks faster than the speed of sound, and he's got a smile that lights up the world. John Stephenson, how are you, my friend? Tim, I'm very tired. I'm very. T- I've had a big week. I tell you what, playing golf takes it out of you. It does. It does. These guys on the PGA Tour, they have constant rest. I was up very early this morning to play a Mercedes Benz golf day, and I am absolutely shattered. But these are the demands. These are the, these, this is what a former Olympian sprinter goes through for his podcast. These are the rigors that I break through weekly to do this podcast mm. with you and Shane. I still remember the cycling tour down under, the Santos tour down under, when you and I hosted that together. And it is a sporting theme, so I'll stay with it. And John decided, I'll go and get involved in this booper challenge. And he hadn't got on a Malvern Star for about 20 years. Finally, he's got on the bike. And really, we went to an Indian restaurant that night. I had to lift his chicken ticket to his mouth. I had to put the garlic naan in his hand. <laughs> do you remember that? Do you remember how I walked? Gosh, you can get tired. For those that don't know, the Booper Challenge is about 150 k's with the cycle. I hadn't jumped on a bike for years, and I put my body through such agony. I I actually finished the 150k, and no one was at the finish line. They packed up. That's how long it took. <laughs> That's how long it took me to get there. I was in so much pain, and then Didn't you fall into a there. bush. I fell into a bush, and then I pretended like I was on my phone, and it was just it was just so much was going on. Um, but I, again. It's what I did for the network. The same thing as that I do for this podcast, man. I go above and beyond. I push myself to the limit. Yeah, and then you love yourself as well, which is great because you need. We all need. We but we all need to. We all need to have a self esteem. We we need that. I want to talk to you about golf etiquette in just a tick. But first off, retirement. Cameron Smith. It was like an episode of the Bold and Beautiful that just would not stop. And finally, he has retired. But how tough is that decision to make? I think definitely for Cameron Smith because he was caught up in a crossroads that he was still playing great football. Uh, he was still loved by his team, still loved by the rugby fraternity. And so I think the crossroads was, why should I stop? Why should I let the chronological number of my age be the be the reason why I should retire? And I think the media put a lot of pressure on it, not so much Cameron. Um, he made it very clear that 
through COVID, spending so much time with his family, he realized what he was missing out on, um, especially in the latter years of his career. And he realized what was important to him. And that was spending more time with his family. And I think it was a really smart decision where he could say, you know what, I've really, I've really exhausted my career. And unlike when you look at boxers, he boxes as in the, as in the fighters. Um, he ended up going, you know, I'm going to leave on top. And he's doing that. And he's leaving on his own terms. And um, and I and I think it's good that he took his time to make this decision because it's not an easy decision when you're as good as Cameron Smith. He is so good at rugby league. He had to make sure that we put a full stop on this. That that he was dead sure. And I think he's done that. And how great was it seeing both Billy Slater and Cam unveil their statues in Melbourne? Two greats of rugby league. Two greats mm. in Melbourne. Melbourne Storm Football Club. Oh, and just, sorry, and two mm. two Queensland state of origin greats too. Yeah, that hurts me a bit. Being a blues man, being a massive blues man, they tortured us for years. Now, John, just back to golf because Tiger Woods, as we know, he cheated with the next door neighbour. He cheated with the girl in the cafe. He cheat anywhere, you know. He cheat on anything, but never on the golf course. But that's a place we were talking about it earlier about golf etiquette. These guys that get to the green and they look back and they said, "Okay, how many shots did I have? One, two, three." Yeah, that's all I had. I only had three when they had about 10. I did let you guys in that I played golf this morning at a, at a golf day. Wow. I, I, I had one of the finest with me. He hit the ball straight into, I'm talking like at, at right angles into the bushes, right from the tee. He went deep in there. And anyway, <laughs> I, I, I went up, I, I drove my golf cart up, and but he drove up ahead and I saw a ball in the fairway. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, surely that's not his ball. So I go, I go looking for his original ball. I find his original ball. I go, um, what's going on? He, did you find your ball? He's like, no, nah, he went through. But I know it never went through because I found his original ball. <laughs> but because he, because he used because he used the actual golf day's ball, this is his, <laughs> wait, 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 this is his excuse. He goes, oh, there'll be millions of those laying around today. <laughs> oh. Oh, it was, it was it was some of the finest lies and cheating I've seen in my life, and and I just thought it, it actually nicked me, it threw my game off a little because I just was, I thought, wow, people go to those amount of lengths, you know what I mean, to 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 win a little trophy. It just spun me out a little, but you do encounter it a lot, and I know Tim, when we play golf, you are you are like the Fuhrer himself when it comes to golf etiquette and rules, man. I, I've seen you in fine form, Tim. And I actually, it actually brings me entertainment every time we play golf. Well, you're annoying to play with at times. You're very annoying, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll finally leave it with a bit of UFC because there was some melodrama uh, last weekend. But this, this was this was interesting. The, the knee came in and, and someone did some acting. Tell me more, John. What, what happened? Yeah, you're talking about Peter Yarn and, and LJ Sterling. Um, there's two reasons I was filthy on this fight. One, I had money on Peter Yarn and he was winning the fight. And mm. two, the way Sterling, it was really funny looking at social media and the comments afterwards because everyone was saying yeah. he deserves an Oscar for the performance that he that he put on. So for those that didn't watch the fight, there's a rule in UFC that when you're on the ground, you have at least one knee on the ground. The opposing fighter who is standing is not allowed to kick or knee you whilst you have at least one knee on the ground. And the referee declared that that Sterling was on the ground. Mm. The problem was, Pityan is a Russian and his corner who speaks Russian to him through the fight said to him, no, you're okay, kick him. So he need him and need him really cleanly in the forward, which I boxed quite a lot. And 
I'm not saying that Sterling wasn't hurt, but when you get hit in the forehead, it's very different to getting hit in the jaw, in the temple where you really are buzzed and dazed. And it just sort of looked like Sterling was just milking it just a little bit. Now, I hate people that sit on the couch and say, why was he, why was he milking it? He wasn't hurt because we're not the person that's in the ring taking the knee to the forehead. But it did look funny. Sterling knew if he later milked it, the fight will, be dis- will enter the disqualification, which means he will become world champion. Um, now Sterling is the world champion in that division. And Peter Yarn, who was winning the fight, has to wait for a rematch, which I mm. was, like I said, two reasons I was upset. One, I lost money on the fight. And number two, I kind of felt like Sterling could have really continued the fight. But even if he did, I think the referee declared it a disqualification that was on purpose. So it means that no matter what would happen, he still would have retained the belt. But it was just a funny way for the fight to end. And on top of it, I was even more upset because my, I'm a big fan of Israel Adesanya and he fought Jano Blakovic, who, is a, who he went up in weight into the light heavyweight uh, division. And um, Israel Adesanya did. And, uh, mm. and yeah, just was never in the fight. You know, uh, I, I, think, I think weight and size always plays a factor in power and, and Adesanya really couldn't hurt him. And, um, and, and good on the pole. I, I think it was brilliant to see him do what he did and, and – um, he retained his championship, but uh, it was a great card of um, Amanda Nunes. Wow, what a performance for Megan um, mm. Henderson from Australia and just completely annihilated her within one round. It really right, you are, was. You are tired, John. You know, I, no, no, I'm listening to these last few words and we're just about to wrap it up, but it's like, you know, like those battery-operated toys that just almost stop. So you, I, I think you've made your point. I think you pop your head on the pillow. You give yourself a nice rest and just, you know, when you play golf next time, make sure there's people around you to feed your grapes. Wait, 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 wait. Just before I go, mm-hmm. can I just say how rubbish that Ferrari looks, the new Ferrari unveiling was? Yeah, can we, yeah. And hold all that talk and we'll get into it next week. But, yeah, it's been widely panned, hasn't it? But you give yourself a rest and we'll get in kicking that Ferrari next week. Very well listening. The Ferrari is horrible. Stick to the gloss red. Enzo Ferrari be turning in his grave when he sees that car. It is horrible. Anyway, Tim, Shane, I love you guys. I need a sleep. I need a sleep. John, have a rest. See you, mate. (laughs) Adios. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today goes out to John Stephenson and to Rob Shahady. Thank you to our sponsors, Spartan Sports, and, of course, our producer, Dan McHugh. And, of course, it's easy, isn't it, Shano? All people need to do is just follow us on Facebook or Twitter and someone will win that Spartan bat. And they're great sponsors of ours. They are, mate. www.spartansportshq.com. And, yeah, get onto Facebook or Twitter and uh, just join up and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. All righty. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. See you, guys. Take care.